Happy WrestleMania week, folks, and welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, April 8th, 2021. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. Such an exciting time right now, of course, with WrestleMania coming up this Saturday and Sunday, but everything else going on this week alone, uh, specifically for me personally. we got an exclusive interview here today that I already shared the audio of earlier today on my YouTube channel, so if you want to hear it first before you hear it anywhere else, be sure to subscribe to youtube.com backslash Graham Gson Matthews. Uh, we got Big E, the Intercontinental Champion, here on the show today to talk about the breaking news that Wale will be performing live his theme song on Biggie's Way to the Ring at WrestleMania 37 Night 2. So that's pretty fucking cool. We got the heads up on the breaking news a few days ago. Talked to Biggie on Tuesday, the article. And the audio went up on Thursday as well on Bleacher Report. So, uh, appreciate WWE for that opportunity. It was really cool talking to Biggie about that. We also talked about his first ever singles match at WrestleMania coming on Sunday night. His current feud with Apollo Crews. His favorite WrestleMania performances. And so much more. So... That's a really cool chat. There's been a lot of interviews beyond just that one I've done this week that have gone up this week. Um, in the last couple of days alone with Tommy Bechtold of New Rockstars, which was really cool. Not wrestling related, but um, I recorded that a few weeks ago. It was a lot of fun, so you can check out the YouTube channel for that. Rohit Raju, uh, Impact Wrestling Zone, former X Division champion. That went up in audio form on the channel and in article form at What Culture on Wednesday. Um, also talked to Kyle O'Reilly uh, and my favorite of all time, the NXT General Manager, William Regal, which... To put it briefly here, and to not go into any more detail just now, uh, it was an absolute surreal experience and an incredible honor. So um, that article should be up by the time this episode goes up on DailyDDT.com. The audio of the Kyle O'Reilly interview is already up on the channel. The Regal one I probably won't put up until next week. I might actually time it with Wednesday, because next Wednesday marks 12, 13 years that I've been a wrestling fan. So I think it'd be perfect if I save the audio of that interview for next Wednesday. And it was a, a really, really fun one. Um, I've also talked to another WWE star that I've yet to reveal. That's going up tomorrow. Um, the Miz and Maurice, which was a lot of fun too. That went up, or is going up in the next couple of days. And the audio should be up this weekend as well. So a lot to look forward to and even more interviews I have not yet disclosed. So be sure to uh, keep an eye out for all of that going up on the channel and in my various... Uh, websites on uh, whether it be dailyddt.com, WhatCulture, or Bleach Report in the days to come and the days that have already passed. So it's a very exciting WrestleMania week right now and still more to look forward to, including Mania predictions with the one, the only, Mr. Marceau coming up shortly. But before then, we have the Intercontinental Champion, Biggie to help me break the news that Wally will be performing for him live come WrestleMania on Sunday night. Hey, Biggie, my man, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing great. We're days out from WrestleMania. We find out Wale's performing your theme song at WrestleMania this coming weekend. That's awesome. Yeah, man. That's, that's my guy. So, like, it's... First of all, man, he's one of my favorite rappers there is. But also to have, like, my friend and someone who's a huge wrestling fan as well. And, like, I was geeked just to be able to get him to perform. You know, he, he's... My entrance song is Wale. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And um, to have him perform me out at home, like Tampa's my home, uh, is incredible. So, man, I'm, I'm so stoked about it when they reached out to me. It's been something we've been trying to get Wale for years. We tried to get him um, at a mania a couple years ago. Things didn't work out. But, man, I'm I'm so excited about it. And I know he is, too, just as, as a big fan. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a dream come true. Yeah, and everyone else is going to be excited about it, too. And everything happens for a reason, because even if it happened a couple of years ago, I mean, it still would have been cool, but I think it means that much more, because this is your first singles WrestleMania, right, in a singles match? Yeah, you know, I should know this, but I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't realize this until, like, a week ago. 
ago and someone mentioned it and I thought, oh, I, I guess that's, I guess it's a thing. I never had a singles match um, because yeah, my very first WrestleMania was with Dolph. Uh, we took on Team Hell No. Yep. And then since then, it's been all New Day tag stuff. And even when like Kofi had his singles match, I was just there supporting him. We've had ones where we, we hosted a Mania. And when I went through that like mental Rolodex, I realized it had all just been tag matches. Yeah, that's crazy. And you mentioned the WrestleMania debut with Dolph. I mean, not only was that your first WrestleMania, that was your first match ever at WrestleMania, uh, just in general. And you made your in-ring debut on that as part of the main roster, which is cool. But back to the Wale thing, I think what's especially cool about this, I had never been one to mine, one myself, but I'm sure you have, obviously. The Wale Mania parties over WrestleMania weekend for the last, oh God, it's it's been going on for years now. This has got to be awesome, right? To go from attending those parties the weekend of WrestleMania to then not only having him at WrestleMania, but then performing your theme song. It's kind of going full circle. Yeah, man. Like, he's... Uh, he didn't get enough credit because, like, Wale has really been working to build that bridge between pro wrestling, WWE, and also with hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things I realized years ago is that so many of the rappers as a hip-hop head that I really enjoyed were just big just massive wrestling fans and i kept thinking like man we should just be doing so much more just to connect those you know those those bridges and i love that like that's what he's really been doing is bringing the culture to wwe and i, I think it's so dope like he's, he's got this really cool launch uh it's it's wale footlocker and uh kaz kazim afumayed mm-hmm. uh yeah, they, they worked on this really dope launch of, of T-shirts, um, just kind of sell, they're like silhouettes of former black world champions. And I, feel, I, I just love that, like him, he, he's always just been such a massive fan and so authentic. I think oftentimes you have celebrities or musicians and you bring them in and you can tell, like maybe they watched wrestling as a kid or maybe they would dabble a little bit here, but you, you could tell with him how authentic it is. Like yeah. he's... He's like people use the term Mark. He's a Mark in like the purest, like uh, like sense. And when we did the rap battle years ago, which is also big for me, like to have him MC the rap battle. Mm-hmm. But when we did that with the Usos, I I just I love being able to see him. The first time he got in the ring, he was like legit, like a kid on a playground. He had this the biggest smile on his face. He like, it, and that really just reminds me of like what wrestling is supposed to be, man. Like it's a, it's this beautiful escape it's often weird and unique and and just wildly fun it just takes you back to when you were a kid and uh he has so much of that like childlike enthusiasm and love for what we do in our industry and so i he's just perfect for this yeah and i don't think new day gets enough credit kind of going off of what you said about how you and wally making that music connection over into the you know the hip-hop world and everything else xavier woods making that connection over to the video game world what's kofi bringing to the table as part of this sneakers man sneakers sneakers and I, okay and he's like he's done he's a huge uh sneakerhead and hopefully he'll get more opportunities to do different things like that but like that's a part of like the culture and street streetwear that I'm not even that like plugged into, but I know Kofi is a big sneakerhead, and like if you head to his IG, you'll see him posting stuff all the time, or he's always wearing new stuff um, at shows and whatnot. But yeah, that, that's something that we take a lot of pride in, and I want to do more more of that stuff as a hip hop head, mm-hmm. just because I love it. I think it just makes so much sense. And like you said, Woods with the video games, which is when you look at the Venn diagram between wrestling fans and people who like are really into video games. Like, th- at times, I almost wonder if they're concentric circles, because <laughs> that, 
it's such a natural crossover and he's found he's found such a beautiful way to highlight that and to kind of bring those communities together. Yeah. I mean, with this WrestleMania specifically, too, this is the first WWE event back with fans in over a year since March of 2020. Um, this is going down at WrestleMania. That has got to make this extra special, right? Because not only are you having that live performance, which would have been cool even without fans. If it was at the Thunderdome, again, it's still cool. But having that audience there, like a live concert, not a full arena, obviously, but it's still got to make it that much more special with this being the first event back with fans, right? Yeah, yeah, it feels like, man, it's, it almost feels like a reunion, like, we're, we're back, it's, it's our friends, we're all back together, um, and, and, you know, on top of that, man, the cherry on top of it is this is home to me, man, this is, this is my city, born and raised here, still live here, so, uh, that, that's incredible, yeah, but, man, we're, we're just excited to, to get back to doing what we do, man, that, that's, I think that's the beauty of our business, is just that live, almost unpredictability with the fans. I love that they have the ability to tell you whether something is good or whether something is bad. I, I just love that very, you know, organic response. I love it. And I love that we're getting that opportunity to get back to it, you know, because a, a great crowd can make or break a match. And, mm. and that, that's something that, that I always appreciate and love about what we do. It's so different from really just about anything. And, and I'm glad we're getting to, to come back to our fans. Yeah, and again, everything happens for a reason, because you guys would have been a part of Mania last year anyway, had it gone on as planned with the uh, the SmackDown Tag Team title match. But again, it means that much more for you to have your first singles match at Mania this year as the Intercontinental Champion. Like you said, you're from the Tampa area, right down the road from the old FCW building, right? Yeah, no, that's a great point, too. Yeah, man, just up uh, Dale Mabry. Keep heading, uh, keep heading south. And there's FCW, man. That's, that's where we trained, and... Uh, it's. I feel like so much of this town, of the city, is is a part of me and my journey. And I left for a little bit to go to college, but came back. And it, in many ways, in so many ways, it feels full circle. And I keep telling people too, like that's the same stadium, Raymond James. That's where I played my high school football all star game. Wow. Uh, in two thousand three. So it's not just the city, but like you know. And then also, I've been back with Iowa. We had bowl games. We played Florida there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like Raymond James feels like such a. a part of, of my story and my path too it's perfect it's such a perfect like you said kind of culmination and, and going full circle which is awesome uh with wally i know the last time we spoke in august that was just right after you started doing the single stuff uh, you were still doing the new day music and whatnot was that an idea at that point to do i mean obviously at some point you were going to have your own entrance theme but was it an idea even at that point to have wally do your music or was it really just a wait and see approach and something that kind of presented itself no i mean as soon as you know, they reached out and said, hey, we want to do solo entrance music. Wale. That was the first thought. Wale. <laughs> um, and I- I'm so glad we were able to get him. Uh, and he's just he's perfect in so many ways because he understands wrestling. He understands the business. He's a fan. He's a friend. Um, he- I just couldn't, you know, he- he's just such a perfect fit. And I'm so glad we were able to make it work. You know, oftentimes there are other factors. Um, but when I-, when I reached out to him and I made sure we got the clearance and the okay, Man, he, he jumped at it. And that's what I appreciate so much about him is I feel like, you know, as much as, you know, it's cool for him just as a wrestling fan, but I also know like he's done so much to look out for me and to, to do his best to give me opportunities. And it, it's really appreciated. So he, he was just a, a perfect fit. As soon as I heard a solo entrance theme, Wale, 
<laughs> I don't think this can be understated enough either in that this is a huge deal because not everyone gets their theme performed at WrestleMania. I mean, we had Ronda Rousey a few years ago. P.O.D. did it for Rey Mysterio years ago, obviously. Uh, Triple H a number of times with Motorhead. Beyond that, though, especially with like the Intercontinental Champion, I'd have to go look back at the last 36 Manias. I'm not sure if the Intercontinental Champions ever had a live entrance theme played for them at Mania, which is a huge deal. Uh, I mean, going back to August when you first kind of brainstorm and uh, branched off and started doing your own thing. Uh, was this really what you've been waiting for this entire time? Because back then you were saying to people, listen guys, be patient. I'm not going to be serious overnight. You made a lot of great points. I'm not going to ditch the New Day stuff overnight because that would make absolutely no sense. Do you feel like fans finally have a good grasp? I'm like, all right, this is what we've been waiting for this entire time. This is the biggie you guys have been waiting to say. Yeah, you know, for me, like I said, the, the situation will always dictate it, just like in anything, yep. you know? Like if you if you at home if if I if I come to your door and I kick your door down and I and I come in and I start knocking things over, you'll probably pretty you'll be pretty upset. But <laughs> if your day off and it's Saturday and it's a beautiful day outside and you know your it's your birthday and people bring you presents, you'll probably be happy. The situation will dictate how you react. If I'm just serious with no explanation or no real reason, because that's what you think a champion should be and a champion shouldn't shouldn't wear bright colors or shouldn't joke around. Like my intention, my goal is to never be cookie cutter. I never want to be like I, I feel like people get used to this is what we've seen before. This is what we know of a champion. This is the demeanor that we're used to seeing. So we want you to fall in line with that. But me, I want to be a one of one. I want to be myself. I want to be able to look back and say that whether I sunk or I swam, that I did things on my terms. I did things in a way I felt right. Mm -hmm. I tell people, too, if I don't have a good sense or a good barometer of how to carry myself or how to behave after almost 12 years of being in this company, then I don't need to be here. Like, man, let, let me decide what the temperament is or what the situation calls for. Please trust in me because I got it. And if I don't got it, then I don't need to be here. Yeah, and I know you mentioned you talked a lot about that in your 24-2, which came out a couple of months ago. Actually, not too long ago at all. I think it was only about a month ago, wasn't it? It feels like it was forever ago. Yeah, only maybe a month. I think so. Maybe a month. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. But yeah, I know you talked about it a lot there, and it was great. Uh, with Wale in this news, did you find out first, or was Wale the first one to find out? So, uh, actually, it's a good question. I think, I want to say while they found out first and then they reached out to me, I think mean, just want to make sure like his availability and everything yeah. and they reached out to me, um, saying, Hey, is this something that you want to do? And like, like, you don't even, don't even, don't text me that. You already know. Like, it's automatic. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, I think we just wanted to make sure, you know, he's a busy man too. I just want to make sure that he was actually available and everything. So, uh, we're excited. You know, normally if this was in a pandemic year, he'd be down here anyways, hosting uh Wally mania. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I'm so glad that he's available and he's, uh, he's here to do it. You got special gear made already or no? I mean, yeah. I mean, we're only, yeah, we're only a few days away, so I definitely have, have uh, <laughs> gear ready. But, of course, I would not divulge any of that. Of course. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. Uh, final few for, uh, final few questions for you, Big E, specifically with the Intercontinental Championship. You were the Intercontinental Champion uh, when during your first reign seven, eight years ago. You went into WrestleMania as champion. No Intercontinental title match. I think you were part of the Battle Royal that year. Again, talk about going full circle here, where now you're not only at Mania, 
but you're in a singles match at Mania, which isn't all that, you know, often for the Intercontinental Championship. Usually it's defended in like these multi-man ladder matches and stuff. When did you find out that you were going to be in a singles match at Mania? The thing with Cruz has been brewing for a while, obviously. But did you ever doubt, okay, it's probably not going to be a singles match. It might involve like three or four other people. When did you find that out and what was your reaction? Man, I didn't really find out. Like, it's one of those things where you kind of think things are headed in a certain way. But you know the nature of this business. Yep. Things always change or something else comes up. or And, and you never know. And uh, so I can't remember exactly when it was. You know, there was some talk about it. But, I, you know, I'm kind of always like, eh, we'll see. <laughs> um, it really wasn't until, honestly, when Apollo officially, you know, said he's challenging me to a match at WrestleMania. Then I said, okay, this is, I guess this thing is actually happening. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've been told a lot of things in this business and in this industry. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that's like, I'll believe it when I see it or when I'm actually in the ring. So uh, it's, it's uh, definitely been something that's it's a long time coming, man, to be with WWE for this long and at my first singles match at WrestleMania. And uh, I'm excited about the opportunity and the, and the platform. And it's got to mean a lot, too. I mean, when you compare this match to all the other Intercontinental Championship matches we've gotten over at Mania for the last 30 years now. I mean, you talk about Steamboat and Savage, Shawn Michaels and Razor, even a triple threat a couple of years ago with Rollins, Miz, and Balor was fantastic, too. That's got to mean the world, too, to be a part of not only a singles match at Mania, but for that championship specifically. Yeah, man. Like you said, like the lineage is incredible. And uh, my hope, too, is to be worthy of that that pantheon of, you know, some of the best to ever do it. And uh, and that's something that I, I don't take flippantly. I always want to, to remember that, remember what this championship means and just the legends uh, who have held it. And I, I want to be, be worthy of being spoken in the same breath as them. So it, it's constant, man. It's constant work. It's, it's never resting on your laurels it's never thinking that it's time to coast and that's something that i always try to try to remember and uh yeah man it's uh, so many greats have held this and when i when it's all said and done i i want to be considered one of those greats for sure and final question for you Big E. we talk about wrestlemania live performances do you have a favorite from the last 30 years of the manias you've seen and been a part of that you're like oh wow that one really stands out as being special because again only the elite of the elite have gotten wrestlemania live performances now you're going to be one of them is does one stand out from years past to you oh man that's a great question i'd have to really rack my brain um i think uh did nita did shinsuke's was, was that a mania yeah yeah three years ago i think she's going to be part of it this year too yeah i think she's doing the national anthem yeah like yeah that. yeah uh, I've loved, uh, man, I'm blanking on, this wasn't at WrestleMania, but the uh, violinist uh, who also did Shinsuke's, I think on his debut, and he did some for takeovers. I'm blanking on his name, but he's really dope. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah, I forgot the name, but he was he was on the SmackDown after Mania, I think, too. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm, again, that's not Mania, so it doesn't count, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Something, just something about, like, Shinsuke and the, the there's just something about it, and he's, he's man, he's incredible, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I might go with that's the one that I remember. Of course, I don't know Snoop is such a legend. I'm trying to remember exactly. I know he he uh, he, he rapped Sasha, right? He was there. Yeah, he yeah. Too. I think of 32. Yeah. Yeah. 
my memory for the stuff is not the best. I'd have to actually think about all the ones. But let, let's go with uh, Nita doing uh, Shinsuke's. Yeah, she was fantastic. And I think the cool thing is, is that when people are asking this question five, ten years from now, even maybe even as soon as next year, you'll be included in that conversation too. You and Wale, it's going to be fantastic. You and Apollo Cruz at WrestleMania 37, it's going to be great. I'll be there on Saturday and Sunday, so I'm looking forward to hearing it live. But uh, Biggie, this has been awesome, man. Thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Biggie for the time. That was an awesome one. He seems super stoked about the live performance on Sunday, so I'm really looking forward to that. But now we welcome on Mr. Marcel to help me break down both nights of WrestleMania as well as the Hall of Fame from Tuesday and take over Stand and Deliver Night 1 from Wednesday. Mr. Marcel, brother, how you doing and are you excited for the weekend? I'm doing well, GSM. I can't wait. There's a lot to look forward to. What were you going to say? Of WrestleMania, can't wait. <laughs> Love the gif. I mean, it's so applicable to this weekend. I mean, you can say what you will about the card. It's hard to not get excited about WrestleMania. I mean, some people will say that, and that's totally fine for me. As a fan, I always look forward to it. Um, it's been a stacked week already. Before we even get into the predictions and breaking down each and every match on the two-night card, which I believe is seven matches per night, which is nice, short, and sweet. I mean, obviously, it's 14 matches in total, but... If the show starts at 8 Eastern time, hopefully gets done around 11 each night. For someone like me, that's perfect. I know you go to bed on the earlier side. Uh, WrestleMania 35 was a long night for you, having been there for, what, seven hours? The same as us. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad it's two nights. Um, I, I can't do the long nights, GSM. I, I mean, I've, I've like, PTSD from WrestleMania 35 when I had to stay there, like, five hours after, like, you did. I'm not going any. I'm not going to say anything further than that as to what the as to what the aftermath consisted of when we walked out of the building. I have enough. When you texted me yesterday on Wednesday, and you were like, "Oh, two years ago from WrestleMania 35," I'm like, "Yeah, the event itself was." Fun. I'm thinking to myself, "What? What? What about that night? Do I not want to remember?" Then I'm like, "All right, I forgot hey, about I the aftermath." I didn't bring it up. I didn't bring it up last night. You didn't bring it up, and I'm proud of you for that. It didn't make me irrationally angry, so I appreciate that. But. Uh, looking forward to the next one, and uh, 37 should be fun as well. But I was going to say that this week has already been stacked. Uh, Monday on Raw, obviously. We're not getting into any of that stuff from Monday. It was just not a great show. But Tuesday, the Hall of Fame. Takeover Night 1 last night. Takeover Night 2 tonight. Stand and Deliver, which I'll get your quick thoughts on in a moment. Uh, quickly in the Hall of Fame, though, I know you watched it. We were texting back and forth on Tuesday. No fans in attendance, obviously. Not even the wrestlers. They had them dress up. Maybe they were watching from backstage in the locker room. Like, everyone was dressed to the nines, but you didn't see anyone out in the crowd, so it was a little weird. And the speeches had the canned noise. Um, a lot of induction speeches, but they kind of sped it up so that it was only a three-hour show. One and a half hours for night one, or part one, for the 2020 class, and then an hour and a half for the second part. So, in a nutshell, Mr. Marceau, what were your thoughts in the 2021 and 2020 Hall of Fame uh, Hall of Fame class ceremonies on Tuesday night? Oh, I thought they were good. I, I, I didn't really love the crowd, like the fake crowd. They were kind of like turned up a little bit, so like they were just clapping, and it was kind of annoying. But I guess for the performers or the person giving the speech, it'd probably be a little bit more helpful with some kind of noise instead of you're just talking to a room of no one. So I think that's what it was meant for, but they probably should have turned it down a little bit. But I loved how the uh, Zoom ones were quick and easy. I mean, those Zoom ones are the best part of it. Like, thanks for inducting me. Thank all the fans. In and out. Amazing. Those are good. Um, the speeches itself, I mean, I, I loved Kane's. I thought Kane's was good. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the Bella Twins seemed more choreographed than – then they're wrestling. I mean, oh my goodness. They tried so hard to be funny and they weren't. And they're were just like, Oh, like we're great. They were just basically like pumping themselves up. And like, 
I feel like they were like one of the only people. That I, I mean, I might have missed it, but I feel like they didn't even like thank their mom or anything. I feel like they were just like all about them. I feel like everyone else like thanked their parents and stuff. I just, I don't know. It just seems so choreographed and so like we're trying to be funny and like so like I don't know. I didn't really like their speech. I saw that you didn't love the ending of theirs. I thought that was a little, little much as well. So, um, but besides that, I, I thought uh, like RVD's speech was good. Um, Kane's. Um, Try to think. Well, it's great. Khalid's was amazing. It was like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I think he and Jushin Thunder Lager might be tied for the shortest Hall of Fame uh, speeches of all time. Hey, I'm not complaining. Yeah. I mean, I like it short and sweet. The British Bulldog, that was a good one. I mean, he kind of carried on. He kind of felt like he was repeating a little bit by the end, but yep. it was good for what it was. So it was it was a good night. I think they could have uh, they could have eased up on the uh, like set up interviews backstage. Like, what are your thoughts on? Uh, this person getting abducted and they're like, Oh my God. Like they would abduct, they would go to like three or four wrestlers and just like talk about how great the next inductee was. And just seemed so forced like the Bella twin speech. So maybe, uh, if they do this again, ease back on all the, uh, forced, uh, interviews. But besides that, it, it was a quick and easy, uh, hall of fame. Usually those things just drag on. Yeah, they definitely do. I think every year for the last four or five years has gone on for like legit four hours at least, if not longer than that. And um, I would rather have a a Jushin Thunder Liger go 10 seconds than a Mr. T go an hour talking about his mom. Uh, for as you know, as meaningful as that was to him, for however, for however meaningful that was to him, um, I'd prefer the uh, short and sweet uh, speeches personally. But yeah, no, I wasn't a big fan of the Bella Twins one. I thought it was just incredibly forced. And to their credit, though, I think they had talked about it on their podcast soon after they taped it, because this was taped last week. And I'm pretty sure they had mentioned something along the lines of how, oh, they only wanted us to talk about ourselves. So I think that was a directive from the company to, hey, only talk about yourselves and your career. Don't thank anyone. Other people did do that, but they probably just went against the company and the Bellas didn't. I mean, that's purely speculation on my part. Uh, Kane didn't really care about that. He completely went against that directive and talked about Taker and Paul Bear and Jim Cornette and Smoky Mountain. I know you pop for that. Oh, I love I love the Jim Cornette brought, bring up. I love the Smoky Mountain stuff. <laughs> There's funny, it was like a couple of weeks ago they were talking about that on Cornette's show about how basically Kane broke into the business in Smoky Mountain and that's when he had his first wrestling match with Undertaker. So it's kind of like a good full circle there. But yeah, I know he was like, they're probably telling me to speed this up, but I don't care. I mean, I, it's the Hall of Fame. I understand like they don't want it to go like an hour, like you said, Mr. T, but like some of these guys do have some interesting backstories and like breaking into the business, which is always nice to hear. So I, I, I don't think I, I didn't have a problem with the length of Canes or RBDs. I feel like they went a little bit longer, but I didn't have any issues with it. No, I think the people that should have gone longer did for the most part. The NWO one Molly Holly speech I thought was really good. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was, and we'll see what they do next year, depending on what the situation is with fans. Um, also, quickly, before we get into the Mania predictions, your quick thoughts on TakeOver Night 1 Stand and Deliver from last night. I thought it was a good show. Uh, I'm not the biggest Kushida fan, so I thought the first match was like, good for what it was. Uh, the gauntlet match was fine. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I just thought everything on it was good to fine. Um, Walter and Champa was amazing. I mean, it was exactly what I th- we thought it was going to be like a nice hard-hitting affair, Walter going over there. And then EO and Raquel was a great main event. Uh, I think that was probably EO's e- uh, e- uh, best defense, I mean, or best match since she's champion. I thought she looked great. She hit all the big spots. She basically hit her everything with the, besides the kitchen sink and just couldn't put Raquel away. So uh, big win for Raquel. I'm interested to see what they do with her from here. 
I, I mean, I think her and Dakota is probably going to be something down the line somewhere, but um, we'll see what happens. But, I, I mean, big win for her. I, I, I fucking love her finish. I think her finish is just, it just so devastating. looks great. So, big win for her, and I thought it was a, it was a good night for for NXT stand, uh, TakeOver Stand and Deliver, but I'm real looking forward to tonight's show. I think tonight's show is going to be even better. Yeah, I think night two is going to be stacked. It's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to that too. But yeah, I would agree. I think that was EO's probably her best match since she became champion. The only other match that I can now think of, we were talking about it before we went live here, was the either one of the Candice matches from TakeOver 31 and more specifically the TLS match, the Tables, Ladders, and Scares match from Halloween Havoc, which was uh, fantastic too. Other than those, I mean, she's had some great matches, and I've defended her title reign. I thought the Dakota Kai match was great. Tegan Ox match on TV was awesome. The Tony Storm match was great. The Triple Threat was okay. Um, she's had some really good matches, but last night she really took it to that next level. The Io Shirai that we all know and love is one of the greatest women's wrestlers in the world. And Raquel, to her credit, I mean, and NXT's credit, in the span of one year, they took this woman from being a nobody on the show to a bodyguard to the most dominant force in that entire division, which is saying something considering how stacked the division is. And they really, honestly, if you think about it, have never had a monster heel in that NXT women's division, like a monster heel. Like, obviously, Shayna was like a dominant heel, but she wasn't like what Raquel is and like dominant just in the way it's a little bit different to describe if you know what I mean um, but she's completely killed all the competition she's remained undefeated I'm pretty sure I'm not sure if she's ever been pinned in that next day and I waver back and forth I told you last week I figured she would win and then I changed my pick to EO on hashtag and now I'm back to uh you know uh, Raquel winning the championship obviously last night but no that was great and I thought the uh the match was very very good I'm not sure what the best match of the night was between that and Walter and Champa, but you know, night two should be great too between the uh, unsanctioned match. We got the NXT Championship match. It's going to be awesome. But let's get into WrestleMania. We got a lot to talk about here. Seven matches on each night. Of course, we'll begin with night one, live from Tampa on Saturday, April 10th. We'll start with, uh, let's see here, Cesaro and Seth Rollins. I don't want to start with a match I don't really care too much about. I'll start with one I do care about. Rollins and Cesaro, the build's been well done. Cesaro was really coming to his own as a single star. Uh, not that we didn't think he could do it, but they've never really portrayed him as an important character on the show up until recently. He beat Brian twice, had a great showing in the Elimination Chamber, and now he's getting his first ever singles match at WrestleMania. It's a great spot for Rollins to be in, too, because it's not like this multi-man mess that we see for like the mid-card titles of Mania, so it's a meaningful match for him to be in. Cesaro has brought it. Cesaro has gotten the better of Rollins more often than not, so that makes me think there's a slight chance Rollins wins, but I'm going to stick with Cesaro here because I feel like he gains way more from this win than Rollins would. I agree. I mean, Rollins is one of those few guys that's made at this point, so him losing like 100 matches won't do anything to his career at this point, so him losing this match, it'll do more for Cesaro than him. Him him winning doesn't do real much for him. I mean, it's just another win. It's nothing crazy. Cesaro, I feel like this could be a big push for him, and that could actually elevate him to the title picture, and he can... I don't think he'll win, but if, if, if Roman retains, they could do him and Cesaro down the line, which I think could be good, so... I think Cesaro winning makes the most sense. Like you, like we always say, people like Rollins. It's kind of like Roman Reigns, John Cena, Daniel Bryan. I mean, they can they can lose matches and it won't affect them. So this is bigger for Cesaro. I, I would have Cesaro go over here. Do you put Cesaro in the Universal Championship picture coming out of this? Depending on if if Roman retains, I would. 
I would. I think that's the perfect spot for him. I mean, I mean, you can capitalize off the momentum that he has from this victory. Hopefully, if he does indeed win, I feel like if Rollins wins, I don't know really where you go from there, unless Brian becomes the champion and you do Rollins Brian, which would be awesome. But I don't know. I would go with Cesaro. They're really building up a great core of characters on SmackDown between Cesaro, Rollins, Roman's Edge, uh, Reigns, Edge, and Brian as well, among other people. So I'm hoping for a Cesaro victory here. Um, we'll get some of the undercard matches out of the way. Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon among the worst WrestleMania builds I have ever seen. Um, the idea that, oh, a steel cage is going to prevent Shane from escaping is ridiculously dumb. Clearly, he didn't watch the steel cage match Shane had with The Miz two years ago at Money in the Bank. Not WrestleMania, which Shane also won, by the way, but that solidified Miz as a loser. When he lost to Shane in a fucking steel cage match, he got out anyway. There's still interference, obviously. I feel like steel cage matches, and we've talked about this a million times, really interferes, or rather involves, um, you know, the uh, uh, interference more than it does take away from it. Like, it doesn't really prevent interference, and more so welcomes it, if anything. Uh, a match I just really don't care about, but I feel like it has to be a brawn win. Otherwise, to go from beating Goldberg one year to losing Shane to the next would be one of the worst downfalls in WWE history. Yeah, I mean, Braun, Braun needs to win here. The, the whole buildup has been terrible. I just, I feel like they had a main story and they just went like the WWE dumb logic. Like, they could have just said, like, Shane could have been like, oh, I didn't include you in the championship match because you never won the WWE championship. Like, they should have went off that. They should have said, they should have had some reason Shane had some vendetta against Braun. But that's why he wasn't in the match leading the TLC. And then when he came back, that's why he didn't get, like, a good opportunity. He could have, they should have just used that instead of, oh, Braun's dumb. Or, oh, like, that's just stupid. And I and they, he calls him stupid. But, like, the whole build is so dumb. Like, Braun, like, I was bullied as a kid. I'm not going to let Shane McMahon bully me. It's like, who cares? Like, if you really wanted to, you could whip Shane McMahon any day of the week. Like, it, yeah. it just, it, it's stupid. And like you said, the whole steel cage kind of stipulation it more invites the interference now than ever before it's just like you know elias and jackson Riker are going to get involved somehow which is just stupid like if anything the steel cage should just it should have been like steel cage would bar everyone from from interfering i don't know i just feel like interference in wrestling is just so overdone at this point it just it's just over the top now so i braun braun needs to win i mean if he loses the shane it, it doesn't really matter if you won, like, at, like, Extreme Rules or another baby. Like, WrestleMania is what people remember, so Braun's going to win, have him win here. But this is, like you said, probably one of the worst builds to a WrestleMania match. And I couldn't tell you one that I could think of at the top of my head that's somewhat prominent that is, was built even worse than this. It just, it, no pun intended, it's just stupid. What's worse, this or Edge and Booker T feuding over a shampoo commercial? Uh, what WrestleMania was that? I don't 18, know. actually. I mean, that's pretty stupid, too, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember the build on Raw, if it had any. I just remember Shane going, boop, 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 and making Braun look like an idiot. So, uh, it, it is what it is, but I don't know. I just hate, I, I like Shane McMahon, too. I just hate how they make him Superman. Like, he already beat Braun's ass. Like, how? He's like an old white guy. <laughs> it just makes a- those- Give him, like, superhero powers, and he's just fucking Shane McMahon. I mean, I I suspended my disbelief after it took Taker 30 minutes to beat this guy five years ago at WrestleMania 32. That was really just it for me. That was his first match back, and I love Shane, but 
the way they use him sometimes is ridiculous. And I know he's had backup with Elias and Riker, but they're complete losers too. If Braun can beat them in two minutes in a handicap match, what's stopping Braun from beating Shane in 30 seconds on Saturday? Like, realistically, that's how long this match should be. But I feel like no one really comes away from this thing a winner. Oh, Braun beat Shane. Who gives a shit? Like, it's not going to be Braun and Drew or Braun and Bobby. He's already lost to both of those guys. So who really cares? If Shane wins, Braun's even further down into the dirt. Um, this whole thing just sucks. But it's been inconsistent, too, like you said, because they were kind of playing off the whole, oh, like, you didn't put me in the chamber. But, like, he had a legit reason to. He was only going with former WWE champions. You're not a fucking former WWE champion. Like, Braun was supposed to be the heel there, but they flipped the dynamic. It's like, oh, my God, who cares? Uh, I feel like Braun, with Big Show now gone, he's like the new Big Show with all the turns he's been doing lately. Oh, God. I mean... That's not a good spot to be in, either. Yeah, that's a terrible spot to be in. But, yeah, I mean, here's what it is. I I just think that, that, like you said, they had a story there that they could have built off of, and then instead they went the dumber route, which is normally what they do. So, I don't have any expectations of match. It'll probably be whatever. It's probably going to be like a glorified Raw match, so I'm not not too thrilled for it. Hey, you got to bring up Braun's fifth-grade report card. (laughs) So dumb. Shit is putrid. Shit is dumb. I'm not sure what was worse between that. And we talked about this last week, but I'm not sure what's worse between that and the New Day's game show they did with AJ and Omas uh, last week on Raw, which was absolutely terrible. I like the New Day. I like AJ. The, the jury's still out on Omas in, in the ring, obviously. But again, I feel like they're resting on their laurels here with the hook being, oh, how is Omas going to do in the ring? Blah, blah, blah. The match itself probably won't be anything special. It's a complete waste of AJ Styles. The build is sucked. And the New Day are the champions. The New Day randomly won the championships a month ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was. Um, AJ and Omas have lost every match, or specifically AJ, that he's had since the feud started. He lost to Kofi. He lost to Xavier last week by DQ or Countout. And he lost to Xavier in a minute and a half on Monday. This is a former two-time WWE champion. So the, the feud has sucked. Um, the tag team division right now is the drizzling shits. Um, even if AJ and Omas win, it is far from the saving grace that this raw tag team division needs right now. Yeah, I mean, the tag team division on both shows is putrid, like you said. Um, but this is kind of a waste of AJ. They have made him look pretty weak over the last couple weeks, losing uh, multiple times. I mean, like you said, the hook is, oh, is Omas going to be good? Like, who gives a shit? The guy's fucking... 7-3, and, like, he's just gonna... I guarantee he's clunky as hell. I mean, even if he's not, I just don't care. It's just... The New Day at this point... I like the New Day, but I feel like they've just overcome their... Like, they've overstayed their welcome. It's just, like, I feel it's, like, the same shit every night, so... I think they'll be fine of a match, but AJ should be wrestling something way more important than this, and I don't really care about Omos's debut. I mean, even if the heels lose and it leads to a Styles-Omas split, where do you go off of that? Because this guy can, I assume, barely wrestle for shit, which is why he was positioned as a bodyguard to begin with. Hey, maybe he surprises me and goes in there and has a better in-ring debut than fucking Ronda Rousey three years ago. I'm not banking on it, but, you know, maybe the guy will turn some heads. I'm not expecting it. The match should be fine. I think the heels are going to win. Is that your prediction as well? Oh, yeah, I think we got new champions. I think we got new champions and literally nothing will change. Uh, speaking of tag team matches, we got Bad Bunny and Damian Priest against Miz and Morrison. Thank God they changed this to a tag team match as of Monday's Raw. I assume the case was that, because otherwise, why wouldn't you have done this in the first place? I assume either Priest or Morrison or both were injured and they had to be cleared in order to 
make the match official, which they did, which is nice. Um, I was going to say if it was Miz and Bunny one-on-one, Miz has got to win. Uh, I mean, I know he just he lost the WWE Championship in eight days. He's booked like a loser, but he's not that big of a... He's not Heath Slater. Like, he should not be losing to a celebrity at WrestleMania, considering 10 years ago, almost exactly, he beat John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania 27. So, at 37, I would say he's going to win too, but... It's a tag team match. Uh, Priest is in there now. I feel like Priest would benefit more from this victory than Miz and Morrison would at this point. Yeah, I mean, even if it was one-on-one, I think Bad Bunny would have won. But, yeah, I think now that they had Priest, they're not going to have him lose just right away and with the celebrity. I mean, Morrison and Miz don't really mean much, even though, yes, Miz was just champion. But, I mean, the guy won it for like eight days, and he's been a joke. He was a joke before he won it. He's just been a joke since, so... I mean, him winning, I, I just don't really see what you do from there. So, Bad Bunny winning. I mean, the celebrities usually always win, so I, I think Bad Bunny and, and Damian Priest is pretty much a lock. I will say, though, you, you were talking about on Hashtag your favorite women's matches. You forgot to you forgot WrestleMania 27 Schnooky and uh, Morrison. You forgot that match. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say this. I will say this. I wrote an article, I think it was earlier this week, about best celebrity matches in Mania history. And I put that one on there. There hasn't been many. But I will say, she did better than I thought she would. I think I just had an irrational anger towards that match initially because I hated Jersey Shore. I just thought the show was shit. But I will say this, though. She gave it a good effort. I've seen interviews that she's done about that match. She actually went on Twitter like a day or two ago calling it like a dream come true to compete at WrestleMania. She is a genuine fan. And that was back when she even said herself that she wasn't in the greatest shape. She's in awesome shape. Now she wants to come back and do another match. I don't think WWE would do it just because she's not really relevant anymore, I don't think. But I'm not going to shit on that match as much as I used to. But I won't say it's my favorite just because I wouldn't go back and watch it. But I don't think she really did that terrible of a job in retrospect. I mean, I thought she, for, for her case, it's not like she's an athlete or... I th- like she a, was, actually. She used to be a gymnast or something, I think. Yeah, or but cheerleader. she was more known for the show than her yes. being like, like she's a professional athlete. Like, you wouldn't really assume that, like, I thought she had a good performance for, for what you think she would do, so it is what it is. I mean, Bad Bunny, I mean, he seems like a pretty athletic guy. I mean, he's a musician. I, I mean, I'm assuming he has some kind of athletic background, but, I mean, I think he'll he'll, he'll turn some heads, I think. I mean, he jumped off the top rope back at the Rumble and seemed to be, uh, you know, he fared pretty well. So I think I think you'll do I think you'll do well. Uh, bonus question: What is your favorite women's match in WrestleMania history? Um, that's a good question. Uh, is it Trish and Mickey at twenty two? I'd probably say. I mean, bias. I would say Becky winning is probably my favorite, but I would probably say the best is probably. Trish and, and Trish and Mickey probably. Wow, I'm surprised well, uh, you said the Becky match. I, I I would say that more as a moment than as a match. Yeah, I mean, I I think you understood the match. You're like, oh, I think the match. I think it just didn't lift to the bill. I still think it was a good match. No, it was a good match. It wasn't bad. I think people. I think people unjust. Like they don't really. It's not rightfully praised, or they unrightfully poop on it. If that makes sense. Like it wasn't a bad match. If it took place earlier on in the show and it wasn't at 12:30 that it ended and the finish was better booked. I feel like people would remember that match a little bit better because it was a very good match. Oh, I, I actually, what what I what I say? What was my? Oh, Mickey. No, Mi- Trisha Mickey was good, um, but Stacy and Miss Jackie versus Tori <laughs> and uh, Sable from WrestleMania 20 was my favorite. <laughs> Garbage. I thought you were gonna say the uh, Playboy, Playboy Lumberjill. Favorite match. Sorry, it oh. slipped my mind. 
fucking trash. I thought you were gonna say the Playboy tag team match from WrestleMania 24 with like Maria and Melina and Beth or whoever the hell it was, and uh, Maria made out with Snoop Dogg afterward. That was garbage too. Yeah, I don't even remember that one. I just remember the uh, Playboy bunny. There was a Playboy pillow fight. That's what it was. Oh, I remember. Trash, Ugh. trash, trash. If only they had Don Marie in it as well. It been <laughs> I, I actually Jackie's good too, so I'm, I'm fine with Jackie being there. But no, that's that was my favorite women's match. I totally slipped my mind. We'll use that. To, we'll use that to pivot to the uh, Fatal Four Way Tag Team Turmoil match that was also announced on Monday's Raw. Uh, winners getting a WWE Women's Tag Team Title match on night two. So it's cool how they're doing the double duty thing. Uh, they did it with Takeover. They're doing it here. They do it at Wrestle Kingdom a lot. So I think it's cool they're doing it here as well. Um, so the teams consist of Lana, Naomi, Dana Brooke, and Mandy Rose, the Riot Squad, and Natalia and Tamina. Now Carmella and Billy have teased teaming in the last week or two. Billy Kay was involved in that segment on Raw, so maybe they'll get thrown in there as well. Of these four teams, I mean, I guess if they're in there and they're not advertised, maybe they'll win. Um, I could I could see that happening. Otherwise, I think all of these teams have already lost to the champions aside from Natalia and Tamina. Natalia and Tamina versus Shayna and Nia would be the fucking cure for insomnia on Naito. So I hope that's not the match. Of these four teams, I would say the Riot Squad, but I think if Carmella and Billy get involved, then I think they'll win the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't care. I'm sorry, I just don't care. I mean... I think as I remember, like, didn't like Naomi just beat like Shayna and Nia on Raw? Yeah, like, in a minute or something. Yeah, but like I said, I feel like we've seen that match already. I don't know. I, it does, realistically, just like the men's, I mean, tag team division is what it is. I mean, if they had like a surprise, they had, like Bailey with like someone, maybe like Becky or someone like. If they did like a surprise, I'd rather have them win, just make it seem more interesting, even though the tag belts mean nothing. But if we're gonna pick someone that's in there, I'd probably say the Riot Squad. I, I mean. I don't even... Have they faced Nia and Shayna? They might have. Oh, September. It was back when Nia and Shayna first became champions and they lost. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to pick out of that, I guess you do Riot Squad, but they did like a makeshift team with like Bailey and like Becky or something. Or Bailey is someone that's more interesting than the people that are in the match now, then I think that'd be better. But if, if, if we're sticking with who's in the match announced, I guess I'll go with the Riot Squad. But regardless, the belts mean... As much as the one around my waist right now. I don't think Bailey's going to wrestle on this show, but do you think we could see like a ding-dong hello segment with a Becky appearance? I don't think she's going to return, but I think a cameo would be cool. Yeah, I mean, anything's better than not having her on the show. I'm actually pretty surprised. Well, that's the issue. It's like, besides like the, the SmackDown women's title, like there really isn't much prominent things going on on SmackDown. Like basically, so it's either she's in the title match or she's in the, the tag team match and she doesn't have a partner, so... Is what it is, but I think that segment would be better than her being in the tag team match anyway, so that's what I would do. That'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, we'll see. Um, top two matches. <clears throat> Speaking of the SmackDown Women's title match here, which match main events, Banks and Belair or Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre? Bobby and Drew. Okay, there's been a lot of talk about that today on Twitter because I know Sasha said in an interview like in the last day that she was uh, living her dream by main eventing WrestleMania. I think I've, I've talked about this before. I think ideally, yes, you do want Sasha and Belair in the main event. I think if they did main event, I don't, I wouldn't complain, but it just hasn't been built up as the main event. I'm honestly more excited for that match than I am Bobby and Drew, and I think Bobby and Drew is going to be great, but that feels like more of a main event. It's been the focal point on Raw. It's closed way more shows. Bianca and Bailey, or Bianca and uh, Banks have never closed the SmackDown. They've only really started to get going with their feud. 
And honestly, we'll start with Sasha and Bianca. I said this on hashtag. I think Sasha's going to win. I feel like we're getting all these title changes. I think Sasha's going to retain. Everyone's picking Bianca. Bianca can win another time. I don't really feel like this is a case where Bianca absolutely has to win. So I'm going to say Sasha Banks retains. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think Bobby, and like you said, Bobby and Drew's definitely been the biggest program on Raw. I mean, I think it should main event. I just, Sasha, the build for Sasha and Bianca's just been weird. I mean, and I think it built correctly. It could have been the main event for one of the nights, but I just feel like they were just like friends and they're like, nah, and then Sasha's a bitch. It's just like, okay, but I just don't think it's really been built. I think there's more to the story than, than it being a main event. I feel like they could drag it on a little bit. That's why Sasha could win here. Um, I mean, I, I would have Bianca win. I don't know. I just think it's one of those things you just, like, she could win at Money in the Bank, but it just, it comes back to the end of the day. It's just like, you can win at one one of those random shows that just no one will ever remember. So, besides, unless you're GSM, but uh, <laughs> I would have Bianca win. I mean, everyone's like, oh, Sasha's got to win. She hasn't won at WrestleMania. Okay, who cares? I mean, She'll eventually win. I, th- I think the moment right now is bigger. You could have her. I, w- I would have Bianca win here. I just think more people. It's just she's hot right now. It it'd make more sense. It's a bigger stage. I-, I I would just have Bianca win here. But they keep it going, and then she wins it down the line. I guess that's fine. But like I said, I just feel like most people remember what happens at WrestleMania. The next couple months, it kind of can be a blur sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I can understand that. Um I don't know. I just feel like they've cooled her off with the bank spell just by not her herself, but with how they've portrayed this match. I just feel like they might try to reheat her up again and give her the win at SummerSlam. So I think Sasha's going to win. I wouldn't be mad if Bianca loses. She's already lost before. Sasha's never won a WrestleMania, so I'm fine with her winning here, and Bianca can always win the belt. I'm not talking about like on SmackDown on Tuesday or on Friday or whatever, but like at a meaningful pay-per-view, she has to kind of rebuild herself back up and then you know, win it again. So um, I think Sasha's going to win. Uh, main event, what we assume is going to be the main event. Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, WWE Championship rematch from Backlash last June, actually. Bobby's been the unbeatable champion, but they broke up the Hurt Business. It seems like they're setting the stage for Drew to win the belt back here, and I feel like that that's the biggest reason why this match is happening and why Bobby's the champion and not Drew is because they wanted to give Drew his moment that he was robbed of last year. I love Drew. I just think it's Bobby's time right now to give the belt right back to Drew. And I know either way, there's not a lot of challenges for either champion. So if that's what we're talking about, it doesn't really matter because it cancels each other out. But I think of the two, Bobby should retain. Um, I just feel like he's got a lot of momentum right now and to take the championship off of him within a month would be a mistake. But I think Drew's my pick. No, I, I mean, I think I think it's Drew, LOL. I mean, I, I, I do think Bobby, Bobby should be champion longer than he's going to be, but... I don't even think it's just to give Drew his moment. I just think Drew, not that he even deserves. I just, I don't know. I just think he's the guy. Like he's the guy on Raw. So I mean, you could have Bobby win here. I don't. The thing is, like, what do you do after that? So I think that's more. I don't know. And just like Deb break up the hurt business. I don't know, it just sounds like it's like they're like drawing it out that Bobby's gonna lose. Like they're just kind of like now that he doesn't have the hurt business. They can just use that as like, oh, like he didn't have the backup anymore, so that's why he lost. I don't know, but. I would have Drew in here. I, I like Bobby, but I don't know. I, I not even that it's his moment. I just think Drew is the better choice. Like he, I don't think, at this point, I don't even think he should have dropped it to Randy for that one month that he did. That was kind of just a waste of time. And then him losing again to the Miz. I mean, I guess that gets the the briefcase off him. But I mean, I would have just had honestly should just kept it on Drew the whole year and then had him lose to Bobby WrestleMania if they're going to have Bobby be champion. But they clearly want him to be champion, get his moment, but. 
I mean, if imagine if Drew was champion all year, they have Miz Cash and he doesn't win because there's no reason for him to win. He dropped it in a fucking week. Basically, him winning it was just so Bobby could take it off him. But I would have just had Drew be champion all year and then have him lose the Bobby. But this is the cards that were dealt, and I think Bobby's going to lose the belt on on Saturday night. Yeah, it's just the circumstances. Um. You know, Roman, or I, th- I feel like Drew is finding himself in a Roman Reigns position where, I mean, Drew was a little worse. I mean, Roman was a little worse in that he won the championship. Remember from 2015 to 2016, he won the title like three times in the span of like four months. In, in, in the span of like four months. Drew was approaching that as well, having won it last year, again in November, and now again at WrestleMania. I, I don't want people to get sick of him. People already are sick of him. I don't want him to reach that point. I would rather him have long title defenses than win it back and forth three or four times in the span of like a year. Um, I don't want I don't want WWE to burn him out as a main eventer really quickly. So uh, and reach John Cena Roman Reigns territory. Although being in that spot isn't the worst thing. He, it could be far worse for him. But I do think he's going to win here. And again, it's be- listen. It's better than fucking Brock Lesnar. I honestly thought they would do Bobby and Brock, and I think the match would be great. But I don't want the belt on Brock Lesnar, so um, you know Brock Lesnar would win, too. So I, I think Drew's going to win, though I would prefer Bobby Lashley. Let's get to night two here from uh, April 11th. Uh, another very good card on paper. Let's get the women's tag team title match out of the way, just because, again, I just don't really care. But you said the Riot Squad versus Nia and Shayna. I said Carmella and Billy. Nia and Shayna have been champions on and off since August. I feel like it's time to move on. We need new champions. I'm going to say Carmella and Billy Kay win. If, if the Riot Squad do indeed do advance and win the title shot, then um, I would take them as well. Do you think we're going to title change with the women's tag titles on Sunday? New champs regardless who wins. You think it's going to be Riot Squad, though? I think it's going to be the Riot Squad, but whoever, whoever wins the match on Saturday will win the belts on Sunday. It's time to move on. United States Championship Riddle and Sheamus. This gives me major like Daniel Bryan Sheamus vibes from 10 years ago when, like, they already had a bunch of matches at that point, but they were supposed to have this great match at Mania, and then they bumped it to, like, the fucking pre-show. <laughs> Remember that? And then, like, it never made the main card. I mean, it wasn't even on the... They didn't even have a pre-show at that point. It was, like, a dark match. Um, but, yeah, no, this should be great, though. Riddle's only been champion for, like, a month or two, but Sheamus has never really... He hasn't won a lot, so I'm going to say... I'm going to say Sheamus wins the championship just because he's lost a lot lately and needs something. I'm going to go with Riddle, even though I hate how they're booking him. He's I a loser. Like, no, he's not a loser. He's just a doof. They, they, he's a doofus. Yeah. He's a doofus. He's like a doofus. He's not I'm a like loser a, in the sense that he loses a lot, but he's a loser in the sense that he comes off like a goof. Yes. Like I said, I'll just call him a... He's just a doofus, goof, whatever. <laughs> I just like... He's just so... I, I just don't... Like, they like you said, like you said it, and like, they took his persona and like, put it up to 100. It's like, I get it. Like, he's a goofy guy, but like... He's not really likable. He's just a fucking clown. So, I mean, I think he's good in the ring. I think his matches are good. So, it's like kind of like a catch-22. Like, he's really annoying, and I don't like him because of his character. But his matches have all been pretty good. So, I, I would keep the belt on him, but they, they just need to relax with the goofy shit. Like, the birds come out of his ass. Like, what, what's up with that? I mean, I don't get it. Like, what, I don't get, like, why? Like, I don't get why it's like that. Like, why are they doing that? Yeah, no, they got the birds. Oh. At least with Braun, the choo-choo train, I mean, that's stupid as hell, too, but at least it's some kind of semblance, like, he's the Strowman Express, he does the thing, like, I get it, like, it's still dumb, but it makes sense, but, like, why, when he does it, why are birds flying out of his ass? Like, why, I don't get it. There's gotta be an inside joke there that we're just not aware of, because otherwise I have absolutely no idea why the fuck they would do that. 
It's just because they think it's probably Vince probably gets tickled by it, but it's stupid as hell. Well, did you see the report from uh, Fightful that Sean Ross, not from Sean Ross, but that uh, Vince and um, Bruce were like in stitches over Riddle for getting his line a week ago? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, <laughs> Kevin Owens, Sammy Zayn. I'm looking forward to this one. I hate the fact that Logan Paul's involved. He's a goof. You talk about goofs, he's one of them too. He actually played his role well on SmackDown last week. I will say that. I mean, the guy's a YouTuber. I'm not surprised, but. Just with the shit that he's been involved in, I'm not exactly sure if you're familiar with him at all, but I'm not a fan. So hopefully Owens and Zayn can have the match they're capable of. They won't go all out, but hopefully it's a pretty good match. Um, it honestly really doesn't matter who wins. Both guys need wins at this point. I'm just going to say Kevin Owens, because if Sami Zayn wins, I mean, I, I guess. But I'm going to go Kevin Owens, and uh, he talks a lot about the old Sami Zayn. Maybe they reunite here and take out Logan Paul. Either way, regardless of who wins, my prediction is that Logan Paul is eating a stunner. Wow. I mean, I I would have Owens win. Um, I mean, the whole Logan Paul thing is what it is, I guess. I mean, just trying to get a celebrity on there, get some attention. But, I mean, it's kind of random. So, it is what it is. I would have Owens win here. I guess you could team him and Sammy up. But, uh, yeah, I think Logan Paul's eating a stunner as well. Yeah. Um, I would love to team them up. I don't know if they will. They need more tag teams, and they have nothing else going on right now. And Owens has already lost the Roman a bunch. So, and Zayn's already lost the Big E a bunch. So I feel like that'd be the best way for them to go. They've never really teamed the main roster as faces, so that's what I would do. Uh, speaking of Big E, him and Apollo Crews, Nigerian drum fight for the Intercontinental Championship. I texted you, be careful what you wish for, because I wanted the stipulation for the match. I have no idea what the fuck this is. Maybe it's just a fancy name for a no DQ. Maybe, hopefully. If they're battering each other with drums like it's a fucking Symphony of Destruction match or whatever they call it, then I'm out, because that's just <laughs> stupid. And the feud's been great, and I want both guys to go in there and have a great match that they're capable of that we haven't really gotten yet from these two. The fast lane match was like five minutes. So hopefully this is the fight that I've been expecting and not some goofy-ass shit. But um, yeah, Biggie getting sung to the ring by Wale at WrestleMania. Obviously breaking news from yours truly, so I'm excited for that. But I think Paulo Cruz is winning here. Um, I hate to go against my guy Biggie after talking to him, but anyone who's ever been performed to the ring, almost anyone, I think except for maybe one person, has always lost. And I think I think that trend will continue with Apollo Cruz winning the championship on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Biggie's like not that it's bigger and better things, but I think he's gonna been a good champion. I just think they need to free him up soon to go for the for the Universal Championship. Um, so yeah, I, I think Apollo wins here because I just besides that, really, what else do you do with him? I think he's been great since the heel turn. So. I would have Apollo win here. I'm trying to think of people who got played to the ring that lot, that actually won. I know Undertaker won at WrestleMania 19 when Lumbiscuit played him to the ring. Oh, there you go. Okay, he's probably the exception because almost everyone else lost. Ah, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio won at, at 22 when P.O.D. played him to the ring. So he's another exception, too. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Wyatt lost. Wyatt uh, lost. Randy lost. Ronda lost. Punk lost. I mean, you can go down the list. Triple H lost every fucking time the Motorhead played Shawn him to the Michaels ring. Lost to yeah. Uh, yeah. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm biscuit rolling, rolling, rolling. Great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, I think Apollo's going to win here too. A, a biggie win would be awesome, but I just hope this is the match that uh, deserves to be. Fiend Orton, uh, somehow not a cinematic match. I have no idea why not. Hopefully it is. Last minute. Doesn't look like it will be. Um, I think the Fiend will win, but it's not a slam dunk just because Orton's got his ass handed to him at every turn lately. Yeah, I think the Fiend wins here. I mean... If not, what do you like? What? Oh my God, just end this, please. Just have the Fiend win and move on. I mean, if Orton wins, they're gonna keep going. So, 
I, I would have Fiend win. I'm not that I'm against it not being cinematic because of the crowd, but I just I just get WrestleMania 33 vibes. Like I could see them doing like with the same kind of dumb like graphics and stupid shit. Like though, I just no, please. I like the Fiend, but his matches are terrible. So if if possibly they could do cinematic, that'd be better. But if not, I, I'm having like. WrestleMania 33 PTSD kicking in right now. That was one of the worst matches I have ever seen live at 33 with Orton and Fiend. Or Fiend and Orton, or Orton and Wyatt, I should say. Honestly, um, my hands are still numb from sitting on them from WrestleMania. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone there legit gave two shits about that match. Once they started doing like the stupid cuts with the above the ring, I'm like, dude, no one cares. No one cared. No one was <laughs> like, ooh, how how fancy, how cool. Like, no one said that. Maybe if that was like one of the first matches, it was like six hours in, I was burnt out. I'm like, dude, just get on with this shit. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, Raw Women's Championship, Asuka and Rhea Ripley. This has got to be win for Rhea Ripley, right? Oh, Ripley, LOL. I mean, this is a big win for Rhea Ripley. I'm already calling it. Can't wait for the celebration on Monday. Um, I mean, I like Asuka, but she's just been a, she's been another like goof on Raw. I, maybe maybe they can have Rhea win, and maybe we get more serious Asuka somewhere down the line. But I just her title reign has just been meh. I mean, has she when, like when, has she held it since she got it from Money in the Bank? Oh like, uh, no, she it, lost it to Sasha and got it back at SummerSlam. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That fucking long-ass storyline, I forgot about that. Asuka and <laughs> Holy smokes. That was terrible. Uh, but, yeah, Rhea needs to win here. I like Asuka, but the whole goofy, screaming Japanese stuff is just kind of over at this point. I like Just make her more of a serious character, like she was an XT. Maybe I'd care about it a little bit more, but mm-hmm. I think Rhea wins here. And, I mean, I don't really know what you do with Rhea from there. I mean, it's not really much. Too, maybe if Shayna and Nia loses, you can do something with them, but... Uh, I think Rhea wins. And no Charlotte, right? No, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like we all kind of figure it was going to be Charlotte in there, but I guess not. Yeah, I guess not. And I don't think she will be. I don't think she'll be showing up if she's not already been added. Uh, last ma- uh, last question before I let you go. Roman, Edge, Brian, Universal Championship. Who goes over here? This is a tough one. Um, I'm fine any which way, to be honest with you. I'm fine with that. I'm fine unless I don't really want Edge to win. I don't know. I'm fine with him winning. I think it'd be a cool moment. Like you are, and I just I don't know. I just don't think he needs to win. So, um, I just feel like the triple threat makes it easier for Roman to lose. So there's a better chance that either Brian or Edge wins than Roman winning. Because I could so see them having like Edge or Brian pin each other. Then Roman doesn't get pinned, and they can just have him win the belt somewhere else down the line. I got WrestleMania 24 vibes here, and Orton wins. When Orton won. And then you're saying, so you're saying Roman's going to win? Yeah, I got Roman winning. Yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I guess you could have Roman win here, and then you can just do Edge and, and Daniel after the fact. And like, mm-hmm. basically, like, screwed up my chance, yada, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to say either, I'll, I'll go with Roman. You know, I'll go with Roman, but I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel won. I don't know. I feel like t- them putting him in there. There's either him being in there to eat the pen, or they, I guess they could just, like you said, do him and Edge after. So I'll go with Roman wins. I mean, he's definitely the biggest face of wrestling right now. I mean, his heel turn has been amazing with Paul Heyman. You can have him win here, then have him face Cesaro after the fact. They can play out the Paul Heyman guy kind of thing. I mean, I think it writes itself. Roman's been fucking amazing since the whole Heyman stuff. So I'd keep it on Roman here, and then, like I said, do him and Cesaro coming out of WrestleMania. Completely agreed. Edge and Brian on their own. Roman and Cesaro. Book it, brother. Uh, this has been great, Mr. Marcel. i got to let you go. Go enjoy your meeting and enjoy WrestleMania this week, and I'm sure I'll talk to you at some point. 
All right, I'll catch your ass down the road. All right, see you, brother. I'll catch your ass down the road. <laughs> Bye. See ya. You guys can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and Google Play or Google Podcast, whatever it's called now. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode. Huge episode coming up next week, breaking down all things WrestleMania 37 and probably any other news popping up between now and then. Enjoy the weekend, guys. I'm Graham G.S. and Matthews for Mr. Marceau. We'll catch your ass down the road to WrestleMania. WrestleMania.